Hey, this is Jason Cass with Agents Influence Podcast, conversations with Jason Cass, sponsored and supported by growprogram.com. Be sure to check us out there and visit Grow Town, which is Population U. Today, uh, we're going to be continuing on the topic of the month of the insurance woman. I brought you Carrie Reynolds already, who was the insurance goddess, who had unbelievable listens, and I've gotten a ton of feedback um, from her podcast. Second up this month was Jill Roth, National Young Agent of the Year. And I got to tell you guys, she broke the number one first day record and number two second day record as far as downloads. She even broke a record here on the number of shares that people shared her on Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+. That's one way you can really tell if it's a great podcast or not. Carrie's was fantastic as well. She broke records from the previous months. And then here comes Jill marching in and breaks Carrie's records. I believe the speakers that we're getting are finally starting to make an impact into you, your life, and your agency's life. And that's what we're trying to do here at Agents Influence. We're trying to take a natural force used to obtain a specific purpose and by giving them a voice to those who have no voice. So I ask that you just go and find us on YouTube or iTunes, excuse me, or on Stitcher and be sure to leave us a review. That's our way of asking you to give back by you putting your words into text and also you putting your words in um, and just speaking them out loud to people and letting other people know, especially iTunes and Stitcher, that we are a podcast to be reckoned with. So we greatly appreciate that. Please also forget, don't forget to visit growprogram.com. Once again, this is a free platform sponsored and supported by growprogram.com. So far, we've got a little over 400 agents um, engaged in the Grow uh, community. And I got to tell you, it's a way for you to go there and have many resources in order to build your digital and your social business and presence in, inside the insurance industry and also, most importantly, inside of your local community. So there's agents there right now learning how to do it and they're making money and the success stories are huge. So thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Once again, be sure to grow, to visit growprogram.com. And this is Agents Influence Podcast, Conversations with Jason Cass. Let's go. Hey, this is Jason Cass with Agents Influence Podcast, back again for the month of the insurance woman. And I have to tell you, I, I really didn't know how how this month would really kind of go. I mean, um, it's not every day. I don't know. I don't know a lot of places that do what we do here at Agents Influence by trying to, you know, use a natural force, which is your voice, to make change in an industry. But I have to tell you that I didn't know how it would go over just dedicating the whole month to 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 a uh, to women. And it's nothing with women. It's sometimes whenever I'm thinking of any topic, I'm thinking, man, can I really do that for a whole month? And some of the things I I think will really work bomb and some of the things that I don't know how they'll go work great and this is one of those months because we with Carrie and Jill if you haven't listened to those podcasts you got to go back and listen to them because I've received raving reviews it's not every day do you get to know an insurance goddess okay and it's not every day that you get to hear someone in the insurance industry especially um, a woman say hey I think I have it easier than you you would not believe how many men and how many owners altogether. I even I 
did have a couple women reach out and they said the best producers we've ever had and are women. And, and it is just, it was really kind of mind boggling to me and to some of my listeners, it was mind boggling to them as well. The thing was no one ever disagreed with Jill. They, they just, they just actually agreed with her. So today, um, we are going to, uh, be bringing on another rock star, um, somebody that we normally just don't get a lot of West coasters, you know, and this one's someone up in the Pacific Northwest, very beautiful country. And, um, and she is a uh, gem in her own right. So I would like to introduce uh, to you uh, Claudia McLean. Claudia, could you say hi to the, uh, to the listeners? Well, hello, everyone, and hi, Jason. Thanks for having me on. No problem, no problem. Um, let's just start by you. Let's make this all about you. Um, and let's start by saying, let me start by saying to you, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, tell us a little bit about your agency. I always tell people, like, start at high school or start at college, whatever you choose, and give us a summary of where you are now, because uh, you've got a dynamic story that the world needs to hear, Claudia. Well, thank you. Um, well, let's see. I, I actually started my career uh, as a college management trainee for Sears, Roebuck, uh, back in the day, uh, retail. And uh, that was back when Sears had catalog sales departments in, in each store. And so my job was to travel to over 100 store locations in Southern California. And these were the big mega stores as well as the small community catalog stores. And my job was to train the folks on the phone uh, taking orders how to cross-sell. So, oh, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, you are ordering some uh, Sears uh, jeans. How about some laundry detergent to go with that? And uh, now, mind you, Jason, I was only 21, 22 years old at the time, just out of college, and most of the folks I'm training have been doing this for 20-plus years. Uh, I actually think I learned a whole lot more from them than they did from me at that time. But it was an early introduction into relationship selling and into uh, uh, account selling, packaging, uh, which you know taught me the importance of that from a profitability and a, a retention standpoint. And so um, after a few years of some working some long retail hours and kind of locked into a salary compensation structure um, that wasn't going to move quickly, I decided to look for a career that could reward me for the effort and the time that I was willing to invest. And at the time, my dad was a stockbroker, uh, but it, I also didn't think that folks would take investment advice from a 22-year-old woman. And I think that, that um, your interviews with Carrie and Jill were so... Um, enlightening and encouraging to me because uh, things have certainly changed. Um, this, you know, my experiences were back in the early 1970s, probably before you were born, Jason. And so um, people were not that willing to, to, uh, to take financial advice uh, from us. And so thinking that at fully at some future point I might return to the securities business, I decided to, to look into insurance. So I actually chose the insurance career for that moment in time because I felt that, um, you know, all of my, my peers who were getting out of college were buying their first cars. They needed auto insurance at least, and, hey, that would be a good way to start. And um, so back then I initially started working for MetLife, selling life insurance, and, and they had just gotten into property and casualty. But this is in Southern California, and my fiancé had an opportunity to take a job in the Pacific Northwest, and we ended up here in, in uh, Washington State uh, with no friends, no family to sell to. And at that point, I decided to make the big pivot from life to property casualty and uh, came across a small regional carrier, uh, Pemco Mutual, 
uh, who decided to take a chance on a newlywed California transplant. And they were one of the first companies, actually, with a dual marketing system, selling both through independent agents, mostly teachers in their particular model, and also through the home office. And so they had a great farm team concept that uh, where we as independent contractors could field sales and service calls in the home office three and a half days a week. And the other day and a half, we were free to uh, solicit and sell our own book of business on our own production number. And um, eventually, after um, a short time after our son was born, I decided to uh, make a great leap and um, uh, move from the home office into my own tiny agency. And the agency grew pretty much one application at a time as the children grew. Okay, so when did when what year about was that? That that, that the agency started in 1977. Okay. So you you kind of started talking about all of this uh, of this great history and that's awesome because I didn't even know a lot of that stuff. It helps me build the the it helps me fill in the the things that I know about you and kind of helps <laughs> me piece it together. But you did say that Jason probably most of this was before you were born and I was born in 78, so you're right about that, Claudia. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, you're making me feel really old I'm here. Not, I'm not. I'm just saying. <laughs> but, but I'm young and, at heart, Jason. I'm really young at heart. <laughs> and Claudia, that's why I got you on here. Um, and so, so you know, that's, that's great that you say that. You know, I say this a lot. And my wife thinks I'm crazy. I think more exciting things happened in America in 77, 78, and 79 than at any other time. Because when you look at when movies are based on fictional stories, or I'm talking with Claudia, or, you know, and, and maybe it's just me because I was born in 78. I don't know. I'm a big Kentucky Wildcats fan, and ironically enough, they won the national championship then. But what I'm <laughs> saying is, is that I, it just seems like that. And so here you are, 77. Uh, you know, you've actually got some pretty good training up to now. I mean, right. and that, I think that's kind of maybe what have made the difference, but, um, so you, you started in 77, one application at a time, but one thing that people don't know about you that don't, you know, aren't really heavily involved in, in conferences and in meetings. I mean, you're so heavily involved in, and it's not so, you, you have a great, um, you have a great, the industry has a great need for someone like you because of the way you run your agency. And I want to talk about that, but I think it's on the flip side. Um, you know, it's, 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 we need you as well, but let me put it this way. I said that backwards. You attend conferences because you want to get the most you can out of the industry. But I think that really you become a greater asset to the industry because we need to get as much as we can out of you. That's what I'm trying to say. And, and, and Claudia, I say that seriously because like a lot of the times when I was really dabbling in some of this stuff and trying to figure out my direction for my agency in 2010 and 2011, you, you were, you were someone who became that Bloop, on the radar. And as you know, stuff has changed dramatically. In 2010 or 2011, if you were doing some of the stuff that you are and I'm doing, you were kind of like, why are they doing that? That's a waste of time. As opposed mm -hmm. to now, people are calling you and I saying, how do I do that? You know what I mean? Right. So Absolutely. start start telling us, okay, like, so we started doing one application at a time. And I mean, were you, did you embrace technology and new methods right off the bat? I know the management start, system started somewhere in the 80s. I mean, how did it go? When did it really click into you? Was it from the beginning or later on when you really decided, I need to make, I need to do something different, the consumer's changing? 
Um, yeah, we we have tried to be as uh, technologically efficient as possible ever since the beginning. Um, but, of course, that has evolved over time as the technology has changed. I even fired one insurance company uh, fairly early in my career simply because I couldn't, um, you know, I was maintaining dual systems. This is before comparative raters, and I was maintaining dual systems for everything, and I looked at the book of business I had, and I realized that um, we we could probably, which we did, uh, we could probably sell that book of business and um, and then uh, uh, concentrate our efforts using the, the systems we had in place with our um, remaining carriers and uh, replace that volume, which we did within a year. So we sold the book and replaced it within a year primarily because we had decided that we, we chose efficiency over, you know, anything else. So, yeah, we were one of the early, um, the earliest uh, folks doing uh, document imaging. I, April 1st, uh, 1998 was um, the date that we actually um, went paperless. And uh, wow. an old system called DocStar that um, still resides in the back room in case we have to look for a, an, an old application or something. But we've, um, you know, tried to be um, as as efficient with the technologies as we possibly can. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. 1998 going paperless, and there's agencies today that still <laughs> say that that's a fad that they'll never do it. Um, wow, 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 well, it, it, wow. Well, it, it helps that we're personal lines agency. You know, I, I think that, um, you know, I think that, that you can systematize things a lot more when, when you have a narrow focus, and, and we are 100% personal lines. Oh, wow, um, wow, wow, wow. I did not know that, Claudia. You're yeah. 100% personal lines. I knew you were we heavy are. there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, does that include life, does that include life and health? Do you consider that? Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, we we probably have a couple percent of our volume in in uh, life life insurance, no health insurance. Um, we do have strategic relationships uh, with um, both life and health insurance and Medicare supplement agents that um, we refer business to, and they in turn refer clients to us. Um, but we don't actually uh, get into the production areas for those. I used to years ago. But again, I decided that unless you can be an expert at it, uh, and things were changing so much, even you know, 20 years ago in the health insurance marketplace, that uh, we decided that for our small size, uh, we're, it just it wasn't uh, it wasn't being right for both the clients or for the agency. Now, Claudia, I have I have this is this is something I've really never thought about until right now. So, you know, listeners, brace yourself. I. Um, <laughs> I'm braced too, Jason. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, well, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, we're taught in sales class that you need to round out your accounts, and the average person has seven to eight insurance policies. And if you want to double your income overnight, just go write more policies for the same clients and stuff. And I'm curious to get your mindset on the fact that you're a personal lines agency. I think it's important we niche, but sometimes we think about niching inside of a of a certain line, like personal mm -hmm. or commercial. So. Mm -hmm. How has that affected your retention? I mean, have you noticed that? Have you created strategic partnerships with other agents knowing that, hey, I'm going to give you this, but don't touch my stuff? How have you been successful in that? 
Well, there, there certainly is an, uh, an understanding when we send referrals. In fact, we actually have created some landing pages for a couple of our strategic partners on our website that they can brand to themselves so that when um, a client for one of our life and health guys, for example, um, is looking for um, property casualty insurance, um, they can simply click uh, into the landing page that is co-branded with McLean Insurance and um, the the life guy, and it looks like his landing page and the client his clients feel like um, he's he, he's taking care of that need for them, but it actually comes through um, our um, our uh, digital office and gives us the lead, and we call it and work it and, and the rest. Wow, interesting. Yeah. So you so, so you have landing pages for those strategic partners. Right. Correct. A couple awesome. of them. I, we need to do, honestly, that's one of those things on the list that we need to do more of because there are more uh, agents out there um, that, that have an interest and some of them that we actually send business to that we just haven't gotten around to doing it. But now, we do have, you have uh, one person like for commercial lines or one for health or do you have multiple? Uh, we have a couple of life guys. We've got a, a, a long-term care expert. That's all she does. And then we've got a uh, health and um, and um, Medicare supplement expert. And then uh, uh, that's on the life and health side. And on the commercial side, uh, we've been referring generally to one to two partners. It, you know, a lot of times what we'll do is we'll try to get a sense of what the client's needs are and then try to match the client's needs with those partners' um, areas of expertise. Okay, so um, now is there a referral that, 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 you know, it comes through you, but it goes to them, they write it, they give you a referral, and does that work vice versa for some of their clients for personal lines? or? Yeah, it's um, de- definitely uh, on the life and health side, those folks don't have the other markets, so um, we get a, a good number of referrals from them. Okay. On the property casualty side, uh, the, the business referrals that we send over, we don't have an expectation because most of those agencies will also have personal lines departments, so we don't have an expectation of getting uh, a referral back from them. But it's just, for us, it's just good business that mm-hmm. our clients are taken care of, and I'd rather have it uh, the referral be to somebody that I know is not going to then solicit the personal lines. That's right. Uh, and that there's a trust and a, a friendship that's developed among the agencies. So that's that's how that seems to work, and we don't ever share commissions back and forth on any of this. We, it's just, it just seems like the world works out, <laughs> you know. Wow. I, I'm one that isn't into big, uh, you know, again, trying to keep us as nimble and as small as possible. I don't get it, want to get into a lot of complex uh, bookkeeping issues. So if we send a referral or if we receive a referral, if we receive a referral, whoever is um, giving us the referral definitely is um, is handled the same as anybody sending us a referral. So there's you know a, a written thank you and there's a charity donation and the rest, but we don't actually um, share commissions. How many people are in your staff or in your agency total? Uh, total agency, including myself, five and a half. Um, there are three uh, forward uh, client-facing licensed agents, not counting myself. Uh, we have a receptionist admin uh, person uh, that is full-time. And then we have a half-time uh, communications or marketing manager who is licensed but has never really been client-facing because her skill set is so much more on the, uh, the communication and graphic design side, and um, she works the majority of her hours, uh, about 20 hours a week, and she works the majority of those hours from home uh, coming in on Fridays because we have team meetings on Fridays. 
Awesome. And so um, I do know that you're, as you as you've told them, you're highly. Um, you, you are uh, paperless to the best of our abilities because, mm-hmm. you know, I said to one time, Claudia, I said to a, one of these executives that I had on the phone on the podcast, I said, when are you guys going to go paperless? And he said, let me ask you a question. He says, when are you guys going to go paperless? You know, and that's, and that's a good point. It's like the chicken and egg. We're both sitting there waiting, you know, and so it's uh, it's one of those things. But there, but. Through people like ACT, the Agents Council Technology, yes. which you're heavily involved in. My listeners know all about that because I talk about them all the time. The great Ron Berg, who followed oh. the great, great Jeff Yates, um, is now leading a wonderful uh, a wonderful group. And Two of my out- favorite people. Yeah. But outside of internal, how, uh-huh. how digitally are we externally? I mean, how are we doing our marketing? Can you give the listeners kind of a, a snapshot of that? How are we doing on Mar? Are you yeah, like are we are marketing? we using social and digital media? Are we still using oh, yeah. newspaper ads? I mean, how's yeah. that look? <laughs> um, I would say that all of our um, our marketing efforts are are focused first and foremost, actually, Jason, on our existing client base, um, Ooh, okay. and uh, we are a heavily client nurturing agency. Um, our clients hear from us either uh, with a paper mailed newsletter or with a, an email or with a surprise note card or a holiday card for an unusual holiday, not Christmas ever, but other times of years. Um, they hear from us 18 to 20 times a year. So the, the purpose behind that, and, and, and that's where we start because we've got, you know, at this point, a base of, of, of um, high-quality clients you were asking about retention. Our retention rate um, over the last five years has um, been between 95 and 96 percent agency wide. So we are we really work the retention, uh, and we feel that by staying in communication with the clients, sharing with them a lot of the community events that we do and our volunteer efforts, and 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 um, you know just some of the fun team building things that we do, um, that they will be engaged with the agency. They'll feel that it's an agency that they they want to refer their friends and family to. And um, if I have a choice of say $500 to spend, let's just use that as an example, and I have two options, one that just goes out to the general public and one that goes to my clients, it always will be, will always make the investment in the client communication or uh, event first because that's where we have grown organically and profitably and retained the, the, the great base of clients that we have. Wow. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, I'm telling you right now, I, I got people pulling over listening to this podcast in their car. All right. The jogger has stopped and is sitting on the park bench to listen to what, again, what you just said. The swimmer has gotten out of the pool. Okay. And, and you said, and, I, and, and when you first said it, it hit me like, like really like a Mack truck. And then I, I actually thought it out as you were talking and it makes a little bit more sense. But you said that you, Try to touch your clients. They are they hear from you, eighteen to twenty times a year. Is that what you yeah, said? I did, and it's and yes, it's true. Now it sounds like we're almost uh, stalking them, and I don't want it to come across that way, um, because you know our goal is to spread out the style of communication so it doesn't look like the same thing all the time. They don't know that they're getting 
contacted by us 18 to 20 times a year. But we're always top of mind because there's, you know, this paper newsletter that they got. And then there's this very short email that came a couple weeks later talking about a, a community event that we're sponsoring that we really would like them to come to or this um, uh, 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 stuff the bus drive for kids that we're sponsoring that we'd love for them to participate by bringing some school supplies. And, um, and then, you know, at Thanksgiving, a, a card shows up with a $2 bill in it, and we ask them to take that donation and, and, and add it to whatever they're going to do for a charitable donation over the, the holiday season, because rather than our agency um, giving one large donation to the charity we like, we want our clients to take our, our funds with them and donate to the, 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 what it, they're most passionate about. Now, so, Claudia, Claudia, Claudia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. That is cool. Thank you. I hear a lot of good ideas, and that one I've never heard of. Claudia, that is genius. So rather than just going and donating who we choose, you could put the power into the hands of the consumer and say, hey, go donate this to somebody. And, and, and am I right by, his, by yes. hearing? And, and, then the, and then the beauty of that is, is you never know if that person's on hard times and they actually use it themselves. You really could care less as long as they're using it for a good purpose because whether they're donating to Relay for Life or they're donating to their own funds because they just lost their job, it still works out into the best interest of them. We actually tell them in the messaging to please um, feel free to use it for yourself if you just need to get a cup of coffee today or to, to donate it. And then we also ask them, with the goal of kind of building a McLean insurance community, um, we, uh, we ask them if they're willing to share with us what they did with it. And we have gotten some of the most heartwarming stories back, Jason. Uh, everything from the mom that gave the money to her son who had lost his job and he needed to buy gas, to use that example, uh, to the gentleman that was going to give a, a charitable donation uh, to the hospital where he had just um, had surgery. And uh, he was going to give $500. And he said, I got your $2 bill. And he said, I kept the $2 bill and I put it on my dresser mirror, but I cut the check for $502 because um, I wanted to respect your $2 donation along with my $500. And oh, by the way, every charitable donation that I give here and forward, I'm going to add $2 to it. And he said the, the $2 bill on the mirror is what will remind me. And that gentleman still comes in and he still tells us that he's still adding, you know, he's making it a $27 donation instead of a $25 donation or whatever. And I can't tell you how heartwarming it is. Um, and not everybody's going to take the, that and embrace it that way. It does go out at Thanksgiving and it's a busy time. But for those people that do and that then uh, choose to share with us what they've done with it, and then we share back to our community, uh, you know, with, with names abbreviated so that you know people are not we're, we're not you know disclosing privacy issues but you know just basically mm -hmm. sharing um what some of the ideas were that came uh from from this event mm. and people really do look forward to it um now and and uh it's uh and and that two dollars has been that two dollar bill has just kind of become a bit of a um you know, a, a, a part of our agency culture. We use it for other things too. Like now, do you send that to every client? You send two dollars to every client that you have. We actually um, had to make a decision financially that um, we would send it to everybody except the the monoline 
the single policyholder. Okay. So we Makes don't um, we don't we, we really strive to not have too many of those. Um, so we sent over twenty two hundred um, two dollar bills out. But okay. we did not send it to Monoline, and I suppose if finances would allow down the road, we would we would change. Well, that. and maybe it's a great marketing piece to say, "Hey, if you want a two dollar bill, give us two <laughs> of your policies." You know, no, I know there you go. that's yeah, a little corny, yeah. but you know, uh, whatever works. So, okay, this this is this is wild. This has went places that I didn't think it was going to go. And once again, listeners, that's why we brought Claudia on. So, Claudia, let's um, in in trying to trying to wrap this up. We've been doing this now for twenty five minutes. It's what happens when time you know time goes fast when you're having fun. I have to let's 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 turn it real quick to what this month is about. What's it like being a woman in the insurance business? Oh, I absolutely feel so blessed to be in this industry, and um, I concur absolutely with uh, what both Carrie and Jill said about it being an absolutely great. Um, career opportunity for young women Um, and uh, on our team out of six we have uh, one young man and we have um, the the rest of the five are women and uh, we are actually um, in in the hunt for one possibly two new team members now uh, to help us handle you know some of our growth and um, I'm you know I definitely will entertain everybody but um, I I do look for um, the young women who really would like to make this a long-term career, absolutely. Wow, awesome, awesome. And as you stated, um, first of all, it was awesome about, I, I forgot to mention this, jumping back real quick, you said that one of your main things is marketing to clients you know, that you already have and, and, and trying to harvest leads and referrals from them, which sounds mm-hmm. like it goes right back to your Sears days where that's what you did. You you did not you you were cross selling the people who were already buying from Sears. Is is that kind of right? That's that's true. That's true. It it just and, it just it was just kind of seemed like it, that. I got to tell you, you don't have people say a couple of the things you said about turning that marketing internal like that. That that's pretty awesome. Um, and and I and I and I really applaud you for that. And so, it's not. And and I just want to clarify, it's not completely internal in that um, the other place we'll spend our money. Rather than on the the newspaper ad or or the <laughs> the phone book ad, um, <laughs> the other place we'll spend our money is in our community. So, in addition to the the work that we do, you know, with our clients, we also have community events that we either put on or that we co-sponsor, and they average about every uh, four to six weeks. So we have uh, we're out in the community doing mm-hmm. uh, events or participating in events. Um, on average, summer is a little bit more intense, but at least you know every month or or thereabouts. And it's everything from putting on an e-cycle event or a book drive, or coming up is our annual flag exchange uh, for Flag Day, um, to a sponsorship of outdoor family movie series during the summertime. Um, our um, our toy drive at Christmas, which I know a lot of agencies do, and then uh, just sponsorship of events that, that especially nonprofits that benefit families and uh, children. Okay. And we do gain, we do definitely gain new clients from from those efforts as well. But I don't, I'm not looking for a direct one-to-one ROI on that. I just feel that that's something that we should be doing to be worthy of the referrals that we're getting is we should be giving back to our community. And that's why I just so believe in in our role as independent agents. And I, I truly believe that we are the, the, the 
best distribution channel for the companies because we take their names out into the community and we reflect, you know, the good things that we do in our community reflect back on our carrier partners. And you'll never get that selling over a 1-800 line or no. on the Internet. No, I, 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 I agree. I, I say it all the time. They're, they're tired of hearing me say it. There's no better time to be an independent insurance agent. There, there really isn't. Um, there really isn't. I've got a couple of crazy podcasts. I got a, I got a rant that's been building for a while that I'm going to do uh, first one in June because I've got some stuff that I'm just, uh, I, I get frustrated sometimes. Uh, I, I call myself um, the Paul Revere of the insurance <laughs> industry. Because we I'm need that. <laughs> it, we, you know, it's, I'm trying to tell them the British is coming, but they're, 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 they're not understanding. And I don't mean the British. I mean just the, the way the consumer is changing their market. So I've got a rant on that so that you're, you're kind of hitting on that a little bit. But I want to say also, has, has the industry changed from 77? Let me say not industry. Industry internally, yes. But also externally when you're dealing with clients as the way they look at a woman today as the way they looked at you in 1977. Huh. Um, perhaps. I, I was the first, our agency was the first female-owned agency uh, in our entire county, uh, independent agency in our entire county. Okay. So uh, accepting of the fact that, um, that the agency principal uh, is a woman, I think was harder to do back then. I, I, I just cringe at the, at the phrase, but um, too many agency owners still referred to the women, the professional women in their office that were doing all the work as the girls. And, um, and I, uh, I think that that has changed, although I still hear that dropped in conversation from time to time, and, and it's just a, a cringe factor for me. Um, I think our carriers have always um, been open to women in the industry, but it's just like anything else you have to produce. You have to be able to show that you're worthy of their investment of time, and um, and I think that that's where you know it's not just our gender, but it's also um, you know our commitment to the industry that will show um, the the powers that be that we're an important uh, force of of their um, production uh, uh, group. And, okay, okay, and so externally, you think that the the consu- the consumer really doesn't really didn't really care or or so i i ask you this not because i i mean i i, I was like not even born then so I, i'm just trying to <laughs> trying to figure this out yeah i think the consumer uh i i never felt like i was running into challenges and and i guess i'll never know jason if somebody chose not to call me because they could see i was a woman i mean we always branded the agency with my name and my photo so um okay. there, i possibly there were possibly people that didn't didn't call but um as we would get into interaction with people i i think quite frankly some of the the um if we're going to get into just broad brush categorizations and that's not really fair but some of the nurturing um approaches and the um the educational uh, approach to consultative selling that um that come a little bit more naturally to women um i think that those those played out well at least in my relationships with clients okay fantastic now do you realize that i mean i go on and on i i i I do this in presentations. I don't want to go too long, but I just think it's going to get better. I think what I just think it's going to do nothing but better. I I think that um, I think we're becoming a society that um, plays and um, has has more feminine 
uh, characteristics of it than than whatever has happened in years past or the 15 to 20 million years or thousand years, however long you think the humans have been here. Um, the roles of the woman has just completely changed. And, 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 you know, it's, it's, I truly believe that, um, that women didn't have the same amount of power in the house that they did out, um, like they do today. I mean, I, I think, I think a lot of guys joke about it and they try to play it off as a joke, but come on, we know who runs the house around here. You know, it's mama. When mama ain't happy, no one's happy. That's just the way it is. And well, so- and, it, and personal lines, I will say that I think, um, it's always been this way, but I think it's become even more so in personal lines that the the women in general are the ones making the decisions on the family auto and the family home. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I think that that has been actually a benefit. Uh, On the commercial line side, maybe a little different, but... Right. And, 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 and I could be completely wrong here, Claudia, but this is just the way my weird mind works. And the fact that I believe that that's always been it's starting to be pushed off um, to maybe, and this is just me, I could be completely wrong. But I think that that was maybe something as, the, well, you know, the insurance, that's not, that's no big deal. Let's, let's start, I'll get my wife to deal with that because I have more important things to work on. Because see, it's the mentality, Claudia, of the, of the tribal days, of the days that I'm the brute strength. Strength. I can go get the food. So you just kind of sit here and kind of deal with the kids, and you know, and sit in the tent or, or not the tent, the 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 teepee <laughs> or, or the cave or whatever it was. And 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 we've slowly moved away from that, especially in the world that today that we live. That a woman doesn't need a man to go hunt or to lift things for her because she's got a grocery store down the road, or she can call her neighbor over. And and I think that we're we're changing now, and and to where ironically enough, the things that maybe us men have 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 pushed women to or the roles that women have accepted I don't know I mean this is a very touchy topic but it's just something to think about have actually become and actually were the most important things in life like trying to deal with your auto and home insurance and making sure you're properly covered hey it's great that you know the things that a man declares that he wants to do or whatever but that's actually the one of the most important things when it comes to nurturing children that's one of the most important things and no one does it better than a woman i'll i'll end it by this by saying that in the next 200 years we will have more women presidents than we do men and there is no doubt in my mind that that will happen. There is like no doubt. And it just happens to be that that's the way society is changing. We are becoming a more multitasking, more caring, more politically correct. A lot of these things all have to do, they're not just strictly women traits, but they're women and feminine characteristics that have overpowered, that have a more overpowering. And I've got to tell you, because I was raised by a single woman, Claudia, and to mm-hmm. all you listeners out there, um, I think that it's only for the best, and I really, really do. I heard some guy just yesterday say to me, he says, well, heck, he says we've let men be president for 230 years, and we've done nothing but screw it up. You know, it can't be any worse, you know, and, and, and not to say that women would make it worse, but it really can't, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like if your agency's producing absolutely zero dollars, and you're like, well, let's try this guy. Well, he may or may not work, but at least if he brings in one policy, it was better than the dumb things that no one else was doing. So anyways, I, Claudia, I appreciate your time. Um, I appreciate you giving kind of the perspective um, uh, on the way that, that your agency works. This was really kind of, really kind of cool. If people want to reach out to you, how, how can they get a hold of you? Um, boy, they can uh, email me at Claudia at autohomeboat.com uh, or find me on my website, autohomeboat.com. 
That's because McLean, McLean was too hard for people to spell. So I figured hopefully they could remember what I sell, auto, home, and boat insurance. I, I um, thought it was genius. I think it's genius. <laughs> Uh, so uh, more than happy to have anybody email me or um, or reach out to me that way. If they call my office, I I generally uh, will will be able to return calls, but I may not always be available with the first attempt just because of the schedule that um, that you know the travel schedule that I've got now. Fantastic, Claudia. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming oh, on here. Thank you. Oh, Jason. You know it's what? I forgot. I forgot to ask you two questions, and I if I yes, don't, sir. I'll get. What are you a Droid or are you an iPhone user? This is what you want to hear, Jason. But iPhone all the way. I know. Goodness gracious. Sorry. I know it's okay. It's all right. It's okay. I'm I'm kind of doing my own test because I'm wondering like if there's going to be a point in time where I'm going to start hearing more Droids or maybe the elimination of Droid. And what are you? Re- are you a reader, Claudia? I am. I am. And, oh, what are you reading right now? Right now, I am uh, trying to get through. I love this book. It's called The Boys in the Boat. Now, I I could give you you know like business books, but I really highly recommend this book, Boys in the Boat, by uh, Daniel James Brown. Um, and a little background, our daughter is a former collegiate rower, and she's now a director of a, a high school rowing program in the state. So I've got a little bit of a bias about rowing in general. Mm-hmm. But this book, but I love historical uh, books as well. And so this book tells the story of the University of Washington's quest for a gold medal at the 1936 Berlin Olympic Games where Germany was expected to soundly defeat all competitors. And it's a compelling, really compelling account of um, how nine working-class college students emerge from the Great Depression, and they pull together uh, to win at huge odds, against huge odds. And it's just a, it's, it's kind of one of those that you, you uh, it has a lot of inspiration, I think, even in life, because it, the whole concept of, um, having a goal bigger than just your own personally and pulling together as a team, which rowers have to do to be successful. Um, there's, there's a lot of parallels um, if, if you choose to look at it that way. But if you just want a good story, it's a great story as well. And what was the name of that book again? Called The Boys in the Boat the Boys by in the Daniel Boat. James Brown. Oh, fantastic. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Oh, thank you, Jason. It's been a joy talking to you. Well, this is, uh, has been, once again, Agents Influence Podcast. Also, keep in mind, is owned by growprogram.com. Be sure to check out growprogram.com, uh, where we have a lot of different ways uh, for you to be part of the community and learn, uh, whether through it's our blog with our contributing writers, our Agents Influence Podcast, which is what you're getting here, our Digital Insurance Marketing Academy, um, which is uh, just r- uh, unbelievably coming off the, I mean, we're, we're actually having to, to, to make a bunch of changes changes due to the fact that that is having exceptional growth, which is great. Um, and some just some of the other stuff's our mastermind group. So check us out, growprograd.com. Agents Influence is 100% free to you and is supported by Grow. The only thing that we do ask is if you find us on Stitcher and find us on iTunes, you could take just a second and leave us a review because that's our way that we can keep doing the mission of Agents Influence was by taking a natural force and using it to give a voice to those who have no voice. This has been Jason Cass with Agents Influence Podcast. Thanks again for